will just say, I want rich people to believe in me like they believe in Jeff Johnson. Welcome back to Where's My Stick? I'm Danielle. I'm Christy. And before we get started in today's episode, we just wanted to say that um, Kelsey is no longer on the podcast. Uh, We won't go into too much detail, but uh, she felt like it was better for her not to do the podcast as of right now. So Kelsey, if you're listening, we love you to the moon and back. Um, We would love for you to come back. (laughs) Come back. Uh, And um, yeah. And if you're listening and you want to hop on the podcast, DM us or tweet us (laughs) because it feels weird with just two people. All right. So let's get started into the draft. All right. So going into the draft, I don't think me and Christy have like too much to say on specific uh, draft players, Um, but we just wanted to touch on some really cool or special players that were drafted in this draft. So First things first, um, Alexius. Wait, is it Alexei? I thought it was Alexi. Alexi Lafreniere. Okay, Ale- Alexi Lafreniere. Lafreniere. Alexi. I'm so sorry, L. kid. <laughs> <laughs> Alexi L was drafted first. Which, if you check any of the like projections, drafts, mock drafts, everyone really pretty much had him going first, and of course he went to the Rangers. So we will see a lot of him. Uh, he probably he's probably gonna get me back for messing up his name. He's gonna score on the pens like five yeah, times. So, yikes! Sorry in advance, everyone. Um, and then we had Quinton Byfield, who was selected second overall, and it was just like such a relief when Quinton was drafted because so many of the previews had him maybe going third. Um, and there, I don't know. It seemed like earlier this year there were a lot of scouts that like kind of were like getting digs in on him yeah. and it it seemed like he was getting dropped lower and lower so <laughs> LA was very smart and <laughs> picked him second overall he's the first black player to be drafted um that high um I think before it was Seth Jones and then Evander Kane that were drafted third overall so Quinton was drafted second so we have him as the highest and like we said the first black player not person of color because that's Neil Yakupov and Austin Matthews so just FYI <laughs> we love to see it <laughs> you do love to see it it's sweet and he's so fun Ugh. very fun I followed the Kings after that and in <laughs> one of his like um his like media things they were like you're a king and i was like oh my god he is but then i was like oh wait like he's like a king like an la king yeah i knew he was gonna be fun by what he wore to the draft like his little white suit i was just like yes we love fashion yes and he was he just like is so sweet and he like tweeted out like he was like yeah i'm so happy to be drafted by the kings and then like like tweeted at lebron and um, was like, if you need a point guard or whatever, you need someone, like, hit me up. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And then Magic Johnson tweeted him and was like, congrats to Quentin Byfield oh. for being drafted. Yeah, it was super sweet. So I'm excited to see what he does in L.A. Oh my God. Yeah. L.A. is going to be interesting in a few years. Oh, 
Yeah, it was going to be so fun. They have Quentin and Akil, and then they have my favorite, Alex Turcotte. So a ton of centers. I don't know if they're going to be able to trade some of that to get some defense, but we'll see. I mean, you can never have too many centers. That's true. That's very true. Um, okay, but some uh, another really good story was Ozzy Weisblatt. Now, if you don't know, Ozzy, his brother Orca, and now Oasis, <laughs> they all play in the WHL, and they were raised by their mother, Kim Weisblatt, who is a single mother of five kids, and Kim has been deaf since birth and speaks a ASL with her children. And so the Sharks organization, when they drafted Ozzy, they signed his name so that his mom would be able to mm-hmm. be like, like his whole family, obviously, be a, a part of that. And mm-hmm. and so it was very sweet. And um, <laughs> if you see the little, I think the, the Sharks got video of like when Ozzy was drafted and they, all his siblings and his mom were just jumping up and Aww. down, like super happy. And his story is very, very heartwarming and very very sweet so we'll link it in the show notes if you haven't seen it um and then wade was or zade wisdom he was drafted in the fourth round to the flyers his story is also just so sad it's so sad but like also heartwarming because he made it but there's you could just tell that's like his story is so common for kids and kids of color and um kids who don't have the finances to play hockey and um he just said over and over that his he has to get drafted so that he can take care of his family and like that was the thing like he wanted to be able to never have the lights turn off in his house and like a house where his mother lives like he never wants that to happen and his grandma was such a huge part of him growing up and like just I was just so proud of him getting drafted and he was just so happy like when he got drafted there was another video of his him and his mom just hugging his brother they were just crying because this is going to change their lives moving forward and all of the hard work all of the time he spent away from home and like other people helping the family like the mom working three jobs to get him to this point so it was just really heartwarming and there were a ton of really good stories so I'm like the draft while it took a long, long time because <laughs> the second, the day two was a, like a full shift. Um, it was really heartwarming to see all those kids get drafted. Yeah. And even if he's only like, he only ever makes like one or two million dollars a year, that's still a substantial <sighs> amount. That's life changing. Yeah. Yeah. That changes like for his mom, his brother, his little brother, his grandma, that's life changing for their family. Um, so he signed his ELC with the Flyers. I don't know when that kicks in, but good for him. Good for him. And on top of that, like everyone that we talked about, they're really good players too. It's not just that like, oh, it's just a heartwarming story. Like these are going to be players that I feel like if you're in the Metro or if you're, if you watch the Sharks, you watch the Kings, these are the guys that you're going to, you're going to see in the future. So really, really sweet. Moving on to free agency. (laughs) this was a crazy free agency I just felt like you saw the weirdest deals and you saw really like shocking uh, signings um we'll start with the first of the skaters so Tori Krug went to St. Louis on a seven-year deal um so Tori Krug out of Boston then Alex Petrangelo who you would think would be in St. Louis signs a seven-year deal 8.8 million per year 
in Vegas. And then we saw Taylor Hall go to Buffalo. One year, eight million. <laughs> so far out of those big names. Chrissy, what did you think? Um, I think Tori Krug is a good signing. But I uh, I guess I kinda wonder like why why do the blues like just dislike um Pet um Petra Petra Angelo? Because last year they signed Justin Falk, and then once they signed him, it was kind of just like, okay, so they don't expect to re-sign um, Angelo like, at all. And then the their, um, their negotiations seemed really, like, hostile, but it seemed like he wanted to stay, but then they kind of, like, they, they were making moves, but it's not like they were making moves to keep him. It's like they kind of just, like, gave up on signing him when, like, he was willing to stay and stuff. So I think these deals are relatively good. I don't know if I would assign um, Petrangelo for seven years. Um, But where does Vegas keep getting their money from? I don't know. But I think the most interesting one is Taylor Hall for one year, $8 million to Buffalo. Yeah, one thing I wanted to say about Krug is that I think that Krug is a very good defenseman. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think that Krug is a top pairing defenseman. So to sign him for so long, and let me see, like, how much was that? (laughs) I know Tori Krug is a big power play guy, and I think if I can recall correctly on how the Blues are, they would want... They would want um, what's his name, Colton Pareko and Vincent Vince Dunn to be their like shutdown people, and then maybe Crew can bring some mm-hmm. offense. He's making he's gonna make six point five, or no, yeah, six. Okay, yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean. Six point five is not too bad for Tory Krug, to be honest. Um, it's just a long deal, and it's. That's fair. If they already have a shutdown pair and they just want an offensive one, I definitely think Tory Krug is the person. I just don't know if I would sign a an offensive defenseman that long because when they like when the offense kind of stops, like who knows? But I do think that Tory Krug is a good player, and honestly, after like player injuries, like good for him. Get your money; you deserve it. Yes. Um. That's so crazy about Petrangelo, though. Like, he was the captain, yeah. too. Like, it wasn't like he was just, like, some random person. He was a captain. But it was, like, immediately once they won the cup, it's like they yeah. didn't think that they would be able to sign him. Like, or they didn't, mm-hmm. like, signing him was on the back of their mind. Or maybe they thought they were they were going to be able to sign him for less. Because they signed um, Justin Falk, like, during that off season, right after they won yeah. the cup, so that and that ne- that move never made sense to me at all. Yeah, didn't to me, but hey, I, I they did well this off season, right? Or or the playoffs? No, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I I'm happy they didn't do that well. Um, I mean, but who knows? Like this could be a horrible contract for Vegas. We we really don't know. Um, so it's it, it'll be interesting to like to look back on this in a couple years. But it was weird to see the captain move because it's always weird to see a captain get 
to sign somewhere else. Something that I saw that was interesting and kind of like a little mini conspiracy theory was that like maybe, obviously this isn't true since Pajarangelo went to Vegas, but maybe players are a little bit hesitant about signing in Vegas in Vegas because like, yes, they give you money, but literally in like a year or two, they trade you because they they always have cap issues. And it's just like, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe in like two to three years, Petro's out. Like, Pacioretty out. They tried to move Flurry, but there were no takers. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're, now they're all in on Flurry, so. I mean, because um, Leonard's. I know with Vegas, Petrangelo, oh, he has a no-move clause. All so eight years. it'll be hard to move him. Uh, yes. Well, I guess the expansion draft is coming up. <laughs> no, they have to protect him. Oh, right. Yeah. All right. So let's go with Taylor Hall. I know you have thoughts. <laughs> I, I, I hate to say it, but I'm like, I, I like the signing for Buffalo. Like I am enticed. I, it's, Apparently, other teams wanted, um, like, threw out some offers for to Taylor. I know that Colorado wanted to give him four million. Um, so I think weird. Edmonton was saying five, and so Hall was like, "I'll go to Buffalo." Yeah, yeah. The way he was like talking, like he was like, "Yeah, like I want to win now." Blah blah blah. And if you want, if you want to win, like, relatively soon. You wouldn't necessarily go to Buffalo, but I guess I can see it in a sense that next year we don't know what is going to happen and we don't know what the season is going to look like or what some of these teams are going to look like because a lot of teams change drastically. So I guess like this gives Taylor Hall like a year to get his numbers up, kind of see what's out there, see what the league is looking like. And, you know, this is just a bet on himself and like, I don't think he's going to have as bad of a year as he did last year. I mean, he, like, almost can't unless him and Jack just don't work out. But, yeah, it's very weird. (laughs) Very weird for someone who said they wanted to win now. But I guess it makes sense. Well, okay, when did he say he wanted to win now? When he was with New Jersey? He said he wanted to be in the playoffs. When? He said that... I think when he was in Jersey, and then Jersey was doing badly, and then he requested a trade because he wanted to be on a playoff team, and then they shipped him to Arizona. But I do remember him saying that he wanted to be in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I do too. I just, like, wonder if this was when he, it was, like, right after he got traded from Edmonton. from Edmonton. Because, like, I remember, like, back in the day when I was, like, deep in my Taylor Hall BS. Like, I remember him on a podcast where he was, like, you know, depending when my contract is up, and this is when he made, like, $6 million, It was, like, that traditional Edmonton contract where they gave everyone $6 million. Um, he was saying, like, I might, ch- I would go tr- uh, chase a cup. Like, it depends. Like, but I feel like I would want to go chase a cup. And I feel like a lot of people just, like, hung, like, hung on to that. And now they're all, like, trashing him because they're like, I thought you wanted to win, but a Buffalo won't win. And I don't know, maybe I'm, like, falling into the trap of, like, his media training because he definitely was doing lip service to the Buffalo media. But, like, like you said, 
you who knows like who knows what next season is going to look like like who knows like the best teams could be out and so you don't you go to a team you take less money you don't even win a cup so I just and like he's still young like you never know when your career is going to be over taking a one-year eight million dollar deal like I like I think that's smart because like you said who knows what's going to happen and who knows how much the players are actually going to get paid because it's not if they don't do a full 82 season uh, or 82 game season and they don't do there's no fans in the stand like I can see owners like trying to be like, oh, well, you, you don't get your full contract. Like, you know what I'm saying? So the, the more you make, the more you'll get back. Yeah. If anything. So I could see that. Also, like he was definitely pumping Jack and Rasmus Dahlin up. And you know, I enjoyed that. And I mean, I think with this addition and as long as Buffalo signs Sam Reinhardt, their top six looks very good. Like that's a good top six. Um, everything else, TBD, but... <laughs> I am so excited. And like, <laughs> like Taylor was like, well, like we like the goal is to get Jack in the playoffs and see and like, just show Jack? everybody what he could do. And I was just like, ah, like <laughs> to get Jack. Like when he said specifically Jack, like I was like, my cold heart like start like oh had a little pump. Like it was <laughs> <laughs> the the signing is also good to win back favor with their fans. Yes. Because they yeah. definitely lost it with everything. They were they monsters. Were doing. Like the organization or the owners are monsters. Taylor Hall is worth that extra two or three million dollars to to yeah. keep your fans a little bit happy. They, he really is. Because I mean, well, the Sabres fans that I still follow, they were like, like okay, <laughs> like we got him for one year, and like look at the rest of the roster. But I mean, I mean when you don't look too closely, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, they have a lot of um, <laughs> cap space, so they could bring in, like, a couple of other pieces, like, uh, people that are left. There's some decent people left. I mean, Mike Hoffman is left, Sammy Vatnin. Yeah, I always forget about him. Sammy Vatnin, like, I'm just triggered, like, isn't it, wasn't it Sammy Vatnin, it was, like, Vatnin for Hall, one for one? No, that's Adam Larson. Oh, Larson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Larson for all. I don't know. Save me that and it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. I don't know what it is about him. I don't know. Um, but I, we're, this is not a Sabres podcast. We can't go <laughs> into this. So moving on. Um, one that actually hurts me specifically and I know hurts Christy. Like, I know this was like a, like a knife to the back and then turn. And then to turn. the heart. So we'll take time front. on this one. Okay, to the front. So you saw this coming. <laughs> no, it was in the front and in the back at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. All right, so Justin Schultz, he signed with the Washington Capitals for two years, $8 million. I think the first year he gets makes $2 million, The second year he makes $6 million. <sighs> Schultzy, what's going on, bud? Like, they're going to be so mean to him. My first thought was that at least Hags is there for him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cause I was nervous for Hags when he went into that locker room. Yeah, I thought they were gonna I was bully nervous. <laughs> I know. I and I thought I know they did. I know they did. Mm-hmm. Um, that was tough. And he's wearing number two. 
No, that's not a cute. No, he's a four. He's a four for sure. Who won the caps is wearing four that that Schultz can't wear four? I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I'm like I don't know. TJ Brody, who in my mind is JT Brody, uh, he signed with the Maple Leafs Yikes. for a four-year, five million dollar contract. Um, hmm, I'm not sure I like that. Um, okay, I don't like it because I do not like the Maple Leafs, but I think this is a really good signing. It's yeah. them not like overreacting and trying to get Petro when he's not what they need. Um, and I think they needed someone on the right side and hopefully he can play with either, well, hopefully for the Leafs and not for me cause I don't want it, but hopefully like if I'm a Leafs fan, I would want him to play or, and have chemistry with either Morgan Riley or Jake Muzzin. So, and it's only four years, he's 30. So if he sucks, like it's going to be gone soon, but yeah, this is. This is not this is not a bad signing for the Leafs, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind that. Um, Tyson Berry went to Edmonton for one year uh, at a cap hat at three point seven five. Obviously, Tyson Berry didn't work out for the Leafs, and he might work out a little bit better in Edmonton. They have Nurse, they have um, Clefbaum, they have Larson sometimes, I guess, and then they have. Tyson Berry. So as long as you put Tyson Berry on the first power play unit with McDavid, like it should, it should work out well. This is like a little, it's like a mini Taylor Hall deal, like a little show me deal for themselves. Yeah. I was watching his media availability with the Oilers media and that's kind of what he was saying. He also said that like, you know, he's been kind of like pigeonholed into that. Like he's a power play guy but his five on five numbers when he was with the abs were really good and he prides himself on that five on five play so he really wants to like do well in all parts of his game and he likes that the oilers play a speed game and that's what he's about and um so yeah like he's really this for him is is really important to his career so i do hope that we see a different tyson one that we recognize uh with the avs because i i do want him to do well even though i don't want edmonton to do well i wonder who his defense partner was when he was with the avs that's a good question i'm not sure who plays with kale mccarr i think that's who (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I thought you watched the abs. Why would I do that? <clears throat> okay, Miko Koivu, the Wild's captain, was not resigned by the Wild and went to Columbus to play for a 1.5 cap hit for one year. I did not think the signing happened. He's a center, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, so that's that's not a bad signing for Columbus. It's not. It's not. And I, you know, I, I think that helps him um, down the middle. And he's someone that they can rely on. Like, we'll see. Low key, Columbus has like a really smart GM. Yeah, I think so. He doesn't overreact. Oh, I meant to talk about this during the draft, but Columbus drafted some guy that was not projected. I mean, <laughs> and they had to like wake him up. Yeah, they draft, they draft really well. So we'll see. Um, okay, Chris Tanev, who originally played with the uh, Canucks, signed in Calgary for four years at a 4.5 cap hit. I am happy this is, like, 
It's hard because I'm happy the pens didn't sign Christina. Remember that was a rumor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't think this is horrible. I'm just like wondering what's going on in Calgary. Yeah, they. I saw. I was watching something and they said that um, Calgary is in a better position than uh, Vancouver and. Sure, in that they don't have to buy out as many contracts in the foreseeable future. But I don't know if I would say that um, how they're composed, they're a better team than um, Vancouver. Just like there's so many questions about this team all the time. And there's always like a hole or two. And it just, I don't know, there's just something off about this team. And I don't know what it is. The Flames? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I think that Vancouver stars are better than Calgary stars, but Van- the bottom of Vancouver's lineup is questionable. Atrocious. And a lot of their money is tied up on questionable players. <clears throat> so I, that's where my concern with Vancouver is. I, I'm not really too sure on Calgary, but they need something to get them over the, the hump because I, yeah. I don't remember the last time Calgary won a playoff series. But I was going to say, some people could say, when's the last time Pittsburgh won a series? And to that, I say, touche. Yes, that's true. All right, moving on. Trevor Van Riemsdyk joins the Caps for one year for 800K, which I think is a very good signing. I'm kind of mad Pittsburgh didn't do that. Uh, Trevor is a really good depth defenseman, and he plays really well. He plays really good defense, and he's like a good PKer, so... I hate that this is a really good signing for the Caps because they've they've had some good ones. All the teams in the Metro have like, oh yeah, that's a good signing. That's a pretty good signing. And then we have like the Rangers and like what did the Penguins do? <laughs> the Penguins did got better by subtraction. Um, okay, so Kevin Shattenkirk signed with the Ducks. Good for Shattenkirk. Um, Bobby Ryan signed with Detroit. Uh, Kevin Miller signed in Boston for one year and Troy Stetcher signed in Detroit. Um, and this was like a three year deal. The thing about Detroit is that I know that they're not going to be bad forever, but I'm just wondering what's like when they're, when they're like active in free agency, I'm just like, huh? I think it's like <laughs> they need bodies. True. That's true. Like, who's they can't, on it's like, I guess the kids aren't ready yet. I'm yeah. just ready for the kids to come so that they can help out Dylan and for Dylan to get the C. I think, I think next year is the year where they're going to try to like go for it a little bit more or try to go over the hump or do something because a lot of their really, really bad contracts come off the books. And then the year after that, they should be completely free of, like, all their terrible contracts. So they're they're getting close. How um, how long is Troy Stetcher's contract? I thought it was three years, but I could be wrong. Yes. His contract is for two years. Two years, okay. See, smart, short deals. Yeah, smart, short deals. Uh, uh, what's his name? He's so good. Iserman. He's good. The longest tenured... Um, Red Wing is um, Dylan Larkin and his contract ends in 2023 that's how it should be and they should resign him I mean they have to he's the captain (laughs) (laughs) all right so to round out um, 
the we'll talk about this more in depth, but the Penguins bought out the bought out Jack Johnson, but then he signed with the Rangers one year deal. That's like low money. Um, and then Tyler Johnson was waived by Tampa and he cleared, which is crazy because I thought someone was going to snatch him up. But I also heard that GMs didn't want to help out Tampa. They wanted them <laughs> to. So they mean. wanted them to buy him out so that they can get him at a cheaper price, oh. which in a flat cap makes sense. Yeah, and like, Tampa just won. So, like again, come on now. Like if it was the Leafs, people would help them out. If but Tampa, it's too far. But I'm just like, hey, like Eisenman, like you need bodies, like. Tyler Johnson is here. Yeah. Like, you draft. Oh, no. He was undrafted. He was on your team. And he's like, and that's why I don't want him. (laughs) You know Iserman is petty like that. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What's his All right. Let's get into the goalies. So, a lot of this is just movement. So, I'll get through all the movement, and then we'll talk about which one, like, you like or you dislike, Okay. All right, so Leonard re-signed, re-signed in Vegas, but then Jacob Markstrom went from Vancouver to Calgary. Corey, Craw- Corey Crawford went from Chicago to New Jersey. Um, Thomas Grice went from the Islanders to Detroit. Uh, Braden Holpe went from Washington to Vancouver. And Henrik Lundqvist went from the Rangers to Washington. And then Cam Talbot went from Calgary to Minnesota. And Ottawa got Matt Murray and extended him. And then Anton Kudobin stayed in Dallas for a new deal. (sighs) So many goalies. (laughs) So much movement. Yeah. And it's it's like movement that like you're going to have to get used to. Like I'm going to have to remember that Holpe is in Vancouver and Lundqvist is in Washington. And then Corey Crawford is in Detroit. I mean, New Jersey. That's crazy. Yeah. I am happy that Thomas Grice is in Detroit because he was kind of annoying to play against. Surprise, surprise, Flurry was not bought out, thank goodness, because the Penguins definitely would have tried to get him. And that's something we They might need. still be trying to get him now. Well, no, Vancouver, I mean, not Vancouver, Vegas was like, we're not shopping Flurry. He's a part of the team. But it's because Leonard got, had like shoulder surgery, I think, and will be, should be back um, in the middle knows oh just got news that um christy's boy tony d'angelo signed with the rangers when i tell you i was so nervous that you were gonna like break that patrick line got traded oh no i would would have cried on this podcast no i wouldn't do that wait he's making how much 4.8 per what are they doing? They like racism needs to be funded. Hate needs to be funded. And the Rangers are like, we'll do it. <laughs> I know they have cap space this year, but I think I know... it's two years. I don't think he's that good. Everyone seems to be like, he's so good, he's so good. It's like he's a liability when he's out on the ice. Like he's 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 decent for what they got him for because he wasn't working on any other team because again he's like toxic. But I I don't I don't think he's like a five million dollar player. They have a really young defense. I think 
I think the Holtby signing for Vancouver and the Lundquist signing for um, Washington are both really good signings in terms of like these are veteran goalies and they both have younger goalies that are like on the come up and you know they have someone to like mentor them or in case those goalies like stumble Holpi and Lundqvist are still good enough to play a little bit more so I think those were really good signings I don't yeah all of the other ones are just like okay and Markstrom is good too yeah um, the thing with Markstrom is that he'll be good really he'll be good right now. I don't know how long he'll be good for because yes. he is 30. Um, and the thing about Holpe and Lundqvist and uh, like a lot of the goalies that we see here is that next season, we don't know like if it's going to be a condensed season, if they're going to try to do 82 games. We really don't know what they're going to try to do. But one thing is for sure that is that there's going to be a lot of back to backs. Yeah. And it'll be good to have like a fresh goalie, a fresh good goalie. Like you're you're going to rely a lot on your backups, so for teams to have good backups, it's important. Um I will say that the Ottawa extension for Matt Murray, that's a lot of money. Hold on, let me bring up his deal. Okay, so it's 6.25. Um and then in years two through four um he has a modified no trade clause so that's that's a lot of money for a goalie um but i just hope that matt bounces back and i think that he will it's just like i think matt is a good goalie yeah i don't know why i just think that pittsburgh was toxic for him i just think he never was able to settle it it was yeah and you know his dad passed away like one of those years so it's not like it was easy for him to be in Pittsburgh like your dad passing away and then you have the media that never accepted you in the first place because you weren't um Mark Andre Fleury so Mm -hmm. I hope Ottawa works out for him me too and you know I mean he's about to be a dad like it's just a lot going on in his life so I'm happy that he got this contract I really do wish him well like it's sad like yeah. it's like crazy because like you know players need to go but when they do it's devastating <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's i i would have wished that he went out on better terms like yes yeah. his numbers weren't like the best but it's like people exist in context like he's not just a goalie like he was he was going through things, and were we supporting? Was Pittsburgh supporting him during that time? Potentially, no. But I know I was. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I. It's tough. It's tough because it feels like we're always losing members of the back-to-back club, and that hurts my soul. But. Yeah. All right. So now, like we. We're a little bit talking about Pittsburgh, so let's get into it. Uh, we talked about Matt Murray. He was dealt to Ottawa for a prospect and a third-round pick. Um, and the the Penguins used that third-round pick in the draft, which we'll get to. But um, before that, like right as we dropped our last episode, um, the Penguins re-signed Tristan Jari to a three-year contract with an AAV of $3.5 million. Christy, your thoughts? 
I think that's a good contract. And I think it's really good value for three years. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm just shocked that they decided to keep Jari. I didn't think they would. But I always thought that Murray was Sullivan's guy. So it's just very weird. But Jari, he weathered through the storm because he definitely got some. He definitely had like a tough road (laughs) to get here. Talk about someone not supported by the Penguins. Absolutely not supported. Like this time last year, he was like actively being shopped. And no one wanted him. (laughs) So he is here for three years. Who knows if it's to stay, but. Think of all the trades that, like, um, Jim Rutherford wanted to do, but, like, couldn't because, like, a player got injured or no one wanted them. Like, Brian We'll have to do that in a later episode during the off-off season because there's a lot for sure. Um, Tristan and Brian were really shocked. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but then one player that they could not get a deal done for was Jack Johnson. So they put him on waivers for the purpose to buy him out, which they did. And like we said earlier, the Rangers snagged him up because, you know, I will just say I want rich people to believe in me like they believe in Jack Johnson. Because, like, they always in there, like, I can change him. And I want that. I want someone to just be like, you know what, Danielle? She stumbled this year. I can fix her and give her another job. <laughs> but isn't, isn't, isn't Jacques Martin in New York now? I don't know. Is he? I, I feel like that's where he went. And it's just, like, you couldn't fix him when it's he was in like, Pittsburgh. Like, out of anyone on this podcast... R.I.P. Kelsey, you would know. I don't have the Rangers blocked anymore, but I did. He is. He is an assistant coach. Wow. Well, you know, maybe he can make it work out. Work out. Who's their head coach? What's his name? David. David Quinn. Who okay. I have questions about, but um, this uh, is a not Rangers. Yeah, box. we're not going to go into it. But Thank um, you. okay. <laughs> But I was just like the the Caps got Trevor Van Riemsdyk for eight hundred thousand dollars. You guys, you guys have that money. Like you guys could have just got him instead of Jack Johnston, Jack Johnson, for less money. He's younger and he's better. Like I said, I want people to believe in me, like they believe in Jack Johnson. Like clearly, they did not like want that. They wanted, I mean, he's a veteran D. He can whip these kids in this shape. He's slow. They just bought out Dan Girardi. Who is gonna feel, fill that hole? Jack Johnson. You mean you mean Mark um, Mark Stahl? Oh, Mark just Stahl. Bought. What do I? But I feel like Dan Girardi played for the Rangers, so it's he the same did. Time. They bought him. I went a time when Mark Stahl and Dan Girardi played on the Rangers. Were they bad then? Yeah. Yeah. It was like two years ago. Oh, Oh, good. (laughs) What are they doing? (laughs) I don't understand what they're doing with this defense. Like, you want to bring in a veteran defenseman. Sorry. You want to bring in a veteran defenseman. Okay. You want to bring in, like, veteran defensemen because their defense is so young, but then. Brandon Brandon Brendan Smith, who's making four point three million dollars, and he is they play him at forward because he's so bad at defense. And then you bring in Jack Johnson to whip this to whip this into shape. I don't get it. I love it. Keep keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
So moving on to the Pens draft. To be honest, the, you know, like these are our future kids, but like, will we ever see them? Who knows? So hmm. they, the Penguins got to draft at 52 and 77. Um, I looked at a couple of draft previews and just like overall, like the top 100 prospects in the draft or who could go in the top 100 and neither of these guys popped up. So uh, I think they went off the board. <laughs> so at 52, they got goalie uh, Joel Bloom, Bloom this, Bloom, Blooms this, Bloom this. But anyway, Bloomy will be a long-term project. Uh, many think he is not a small goalie. He's six foot one, but um, he just needs to like grow into himself. Uh, what he's really good at is that he gets low to the ice and uses his arms and legs to showcase some really good lateral mobility in his crease. So um, something to keep out, keep a, an eye out on. The Penguins kind of dried up their well of goalies in the um in the cupboard so it's not too surprising that they picked um a goalie in the uh, with their first pick of the draft then at 77 we had another goalie Callie Klang and this is from this is a quote from uh Scott Wheeler he said that Callie plays from his goal line out um or no I'm so sorry this isn't from Scott Wheeler like I said he wasn't Scott Wheeler's preview this is from Elite Prospects. <laughs> Elite Prospects said that Klang plays in, plays from his goal line out, rarely gets caught stranded too far from his crease, and is difficult to beat around the post or down low. He's got a great read on the game and doesn't seem to struggle with adapting to a stronger pace of play. He also recovers well when he goes when he does allow a tough goal. So I mean that's that's, That's good. good to know. Like, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Clang started over Bloomsis, but who knows? With goalies, it's always really weird. Um, but it's good that the Pens stocked their cover at that position because they really... They got rid of everyone. <laughs> they did. They did. Um, they missed out on a lot of different skaters at that. But I will say at both positions, because this was a really deep draft, it was surprising to see that the Pens the Penguins picked the goalie first just because there were a lot more, a lot of more skilled skaters available, but it depends on the, like what the Penguins draft board was. Um, but I was actually a little surprised to see so many goalies. Um, I thought you could have still got Callie at, at 77 and maybe went for a skater that um, could help out, but I don't work for the Penguins. So <laughs> they, they didn't uh, take my advice. Uh, next at 108, they got a center, Lucas. I'm just gonna say Lucas Shavjovsky. There Lucas Skovsky. Lucas S. Then they got Rivas Anson at 149, who is a right wing, and then another center at 170, Chase Yoder. So. Don't know much about those skaters, but um, hopefully we'll hear good things about them in the next couple of years. If they're still here. Good night. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Jim does like to trade prospects a lot. 
All right, so moving on to free agency for the Penguins. Uh, they signed Evan Rodriguez to a one-year term. Mark Jankowski agreed to a one-year term with the Penguins. Josh Carey uh, signed a one-year deal. And then Frederick Gaudreau and Maxine Laguerre signed one-year contracts with the Penguins. So those three, I believe Mark, or actually probably Josh, Frederick, and Maxime, they are all Wilkes-Barre Scranton signings um, because a lot of, or some of the guys in Wilkes-Barre Scranton got, um, well, signed somewhere else. So these all seem like depth signings. Anthony Angelo signed a two-year contract with the Penguins. Sam Lafferty, Pittsburgh boy, of course, signed a two-year <laughs> contract with the Penguins. Um any surprise signings for you, Christy? I'm sur- I'm kind of surprised they brought back Evan Rodriguez when they traded him for Cappy. But the way um, Jim Rutherford was kind of talking about it, that was always the plan. And he feels like a genius for having executed it. Um, and I think he really wants um, Rodriguez on the third line. So it would be... Cappy, Rodriguez, and I forget the third person. I think I think McCann, but I don't I'm not sure. But I know he wants Cappy and Rodriguez together on the third line. And McCann as center? Well, it might not be McCann. Like I'm I'm for, I'm blanking on who that third oh, no, person no, no. is. But I'm asking like cuz Rodriguez can play center. So I'm just mm-hmm. wondering if he's supposed to be the center. That's interesting. Maybe I'll call yeah, up Jim and like ask that. him. Yeah, can you call him up real quick? Yeah, I'll text you with his Thank answer. You. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I really like the Rodriguez signing, which made me mad because I know Jim was smug about the Rodriguez signing. Apparently, they traded him because they weren't. They didn't want to go into uh, um, so they just signed him outside of it, which... Yeah. And they, they knew that the Leafs weren't going to be able to sign him with their cap space. Yeah. So is my that tampering? question... No. Uh, maybe. Yeah. If it is, arrest him. Get him out of the league. <laughs> Get Rutherford <laughs> out. Um, my question about that is just like, okay, so if you wanted Cappy on the third line, why... <laughs> Why did you give the the Leafs the first round pick? I mean, I could also be misremembering that quote, but I I, I am going to vomit. Like what? No, that's not something you do in real life. You don't pay a first round pick for a third line guy, right? I mean, we. This is the GM that pays. Brendan Tanev for five years like he gave him like 18 million dollars or however much it was he did I wonder if Tanev was kind of like Mark Matheson where he was like another year how about two more and he was like okay yeah that's what it sounds like (laughs) yeah like I'm just I don't know I'm I'm not happy which I mean I think it's fair to say I was never going to be happy um <laughs> with what Jim does, but like, um, oh, like he, the Penguins are at seventy million, and weren't they supposed to I, cut salaries? 
Don't talk about salary. You know Jim don't worry about that. <laughs> well, Tristan is only 25. Sweet. I just, I, I, if Cappy plays on the third line, then you have a hole on the top line. Are there any free agents that are still available that you would like to see the Penguins maybe go out and get? Um, If he wasn't toxic and if his wife wasn't insane, I would <laughs> say that Mike Hoffman would be a good pickup, especially because he is a winger that can Play drive offense and he always has like a lot of goals. So that would be good, especially because... Who knows what our third line is going to look like. Yeah. So, I think that would be good for us. He has to be very, very cheap. Yeah. I also was thinking, like, you know, I I don't know how he would do, but maybe, like, Athanasiu, I would like yeah. to see on the pens, because he's super fast, could help on the penalty kill. And, you, you know, mean, put him together? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Let's like, talk about it. I mean, I would want him in the top six. Like, one of those two have to be in the top six. I did not know Mark Jankowski was a center. Yeah. I still think that he is a Wilkes-Barre-Scranton guy or, like, a, a healthy scratch. But, like, what is Colton doing here? Like, what are you doing? What do you think about Anthony Duclair? I I like Anthony Duclair. Like, obviously, he's a Haitian prince. But um, he, I just kind of wonder what kind of player he is. Because he is very, very streaky. But obviously, like, it really worked for him in yeah. Ottawa. Ottawa. And then when he was with the Rangers, he did have, like, a 20-goal season. So I'm just curious on, like, what is it that makes him have really, really good streaks? And then what is it that kind of makes him, you know, not so good? And how, how, if we're going to sign him, can we keep it up? Mm -hmm. Because he seems like a very frustrating player to coach. So I think a lot of it is goal scorers are streaky. Yes. Like, that's just facts. Um, But I also think, like, it's the system, like a style of play. I think it's the type of coach you are. And my only way, the only reason why I'm, like, a little hesitant is that Mike Sullivan is, like, a mini, um, what's the guy in, in, uh, Tortorella? What's the guy in? Tortorella, yeah. He's like a mini Tortorella. Like, he came from the Tortorella School of Coaching. So, I just feel like he's very aggressive. Whereas, like, Ottawa's coach, to me, seems like, listen, we're probably going to lose, but just go. Like, you know what I'm saying? How If it works, it works. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you saw Duclair on the top line, top power play, and he was like, he looked great. And if he could be a top six player on the Penguins, like... That's skill. So I don't know. I do think that you're right, that he it needs to be the right situation for him. But he's also getting older. Maybe he's just, like, maturing, and maybe he's, like, you, like, 
now that you like the older you get you know how to talk to people and you need you know how to tell them like yeah this isn't what motivates me like i'm this type person i just remember like i mean you're gonna hate this but um um av was talking about he modifies how he talks to different guys like some guys like really are good with like the yelling and like again do it again and other guys he can't yell at he you know they get upset they get frustrated so he like will pull them aside doesn't want to embarrass them like he modifies that's what like being a coach is for so long he's realized that's what he has to do like one approach isn't going to work for everybody so I don't know if like if that type of situation could work well with Declare but I, I don't know I really don't know I mean at the end of the day he's only 24 so it's like it's youth. It's he's twenty five. Yeah. Oh, I thought he just turned twenty four. I mean, I thought he was twenty four. He's about to turn twenty five. But either way, whatever. He's not old. Like he's not thirty one. He's he's like this is like as a forward, he should be hitting his prime now. And if the the Penguins can bank off that, I think why why not give it a shot? But you never know. I, it's just hard because like. We sit here, we trade a first-round pick for Kapanen, and then everyone's telling me Kapanen is now a third-line player. And that's, I mean, it may not be, like, actual cap money they're spending on him, but that was a pick that they could get, you know, that could help them in the next couple of years. You never know. Or it's a prospect you could have traded to get another good player. You know? Yeah. So, I don't know. But but um, Duclair is really really streaky, like very streaky. Like one year he had twenty goals, the next year he had five, and then the next year he had eleven, and then two years and ago he's, he's playing a solid eighty two games each season. No, not each season. The last time he played eighty two games, he's never played eighty two games. When he was in Arizona, he played 81 games. Um, that's the closest to a full season. And then when he split time between Columbus and Ottawa, he played 74 games, and he had about, like, 19 goals, which isn't bad. Yeah, I. that's what I'm saying. Like, I know it, a lot of it depends on where he is in the lineup and, like, if he's getting, like, enough minutes and if he's getting power play time. Like, I, I do think that it's, like – it's going to be hard because it's he's streaky. And it's hard to look at it as Penguins fans because, like, you know, Malkins, Crosby, Gensel put up, like, at least 20 goals a season. And, like, if they yeah. – and then they have, like, a plethora of assists. But, like, for regular players, like, I think it's, like, 19 goals um, is good. You know, I, I it's hard because, like, for me – Declare isn't a player that, like, this isn't going to be a long-term contract. This would be, like, a one-year deal in my eyes. But, you know, who knows? Yeah. But if you're, like, he's a power play guy, like, he's never going to be on the top power play on the Penguins. I was, I, I think that's very fair to say, but everybody got a shot at the power play last year. True. So we really don't know what the power play is going to look like. And I'm I'm not saying that like if he gets if he gets power play two time and he gets 17 minutes a night consistently, I think something like I think that's good. Like I think 
he could make something happen. But who knows? Maybe I'm just rooting for him and, like, I'm blinded by that. I mean, yeah. I'd root for him. <laughs> you know, I think that would be a great pickup for the Penguins because as of right now, there's a hole in the Penguins' top six. Well, it depends on where... Um, depends on where they put Cappy. Because if he... If they put him with either Malkin or Sid, I think that's fine. But my my issue is who's gonna who's gonna be our third line center? We have all these people that might be our third line center, but like who is it gonna actually be? That's another really good question. I in my mind, as soon as they signed him, it was Jared McCann. Mm-hmm. Unless they think that Teddy Bluger is a three C, and to be fair, half the year they they played him like a, a three C. I mean, I would put Jared McCann at three C. I would potentially um, try out Evan Rodriguez also. But if we're gonna, I feel like if we're gonna run with Jared at three C, we need like he needs like someone to run with him like if it's Jared and then Mark Jankowski and Evan Rodriguez I don't know if I would be cool with that like I feel like they need like someone who can score and Cappy doesn't really have hands Mm -hmm. like that but he has some hands so Evan Rodriguez I'm comfortable having him on the third line just because he is fast and he's he's good and he's good defensively too like he's he's not bad um I hate to be like, oh, but I don't know. I don't know. And I don't even know if they need, if they go with a line of McCann, Cappy, and Rodriguez, someone's going to play on their off wing. Like either Rodriguez or um, Cappy because they're both right wingers. Yeah. <laughs> this is a, this is hard. That's what I'm saying. They need to go out and get someone. Even if yeah. it's just like someone just to help out. Yeah, I mean like uh, like Anthony you just Duclair need someone. Is a left winger. Like look at that. Let's discuss. Yeah. Okay, but like I I think my right. Hoffman's really good. Yeah, and and he would be great if his girlfriend wasn't batshit crazy. And the the Penguins already have one player they need to keep in line. I don't know if they can take two more. Oh right, Mike Hoffman has had like multiple, like at least twenty goal seasons. Like, let's look at it. So, do you think he'll sign for two million? No. There you go. That's another <laughs> question. Who are the Penguins going to move to make that happen? Let's see. Colton's seven. seven <laughs> cool. Let's move Colton. Let's move Cappy. Like Mark Jankowski. Oh, stop. You're out of here. Um, Don't be like maybe if like, we move Cappy after gi- giving up a, a first round pick and he doesn't even get to play. Oh no, I'm fighting just to get Mike Hoffman's toxic life. Um, I mean, but what if we move? Maybe if we didn't retain on Nick Bupstein. I mean, but look, I don't, 
Trade him one for one. Like, I'm sick of this. No, you gotta give a little. But Mike Matheson, like, maybe if we get someone to take that. (laughs) All right. Well, this is definitely something that we will revisit. But the Penguins definitely, they're, I'm not comfortable with, like, how it's, how the roster looks right now. But then I'm also scared that Rutherford's going to do something stupid. So I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, it's not like he could resign Jack nothing. Johnson. It's not like he yeah. didn't sign him. But we can always get Cody Cece. And that's terrifying. It's don't even put that out there to the universe. No. All right. Well, I think that is a sad way to end off. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So with that, we want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can always reach us on Twitter at where's underscore my underscore stick. Tell us who you think the penguin should go out and get or move to make room for Anthony Duclair, a Mike Hoffman, who knows? Or if you think it's ridiculous that Kapanen wouldn't be in the top six, let's discuss. (laughs) (laughs) But we will leave it here and we will see you in our next episode. Bye. Bye.